0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, February 11th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. So called convenience clinics allow consumers to get basic medical care at low prices. So why aren't they more widely available? Michael Cannon, the Cato Institute's Director of Health Policy Studies, says regulation stands between low cost medical care and low income consumers. Minute clinics, the idea of very basic health care being provided in a clinic in a smaller storefront where you don't necessarily see a physician why aren't those more widespread well it has to do with how states regulate medical professionals that's doctors and other what they call non-physician clinicians every state requires a a medical clinician to obtain a license to practice within uh, that state's borders And these laws are justified on the grounds that we don't want quacks going out there and practicing medicine and and injuring people, and and there's a certain rationale there. What happens, though, after these laws are enacted is that the state also has to define a scope of practice for every type of medical professional, every type of license that they issue. So for doctors, physicians, the scope of practice is is plenary. There's nothing uh, that they really, there's nothing in the area of medicine that they're uh, prohibited from doing by uh, licensing laws. Non-physician clinicians have limited scopes of practice. Nurse practitioners, um, physician assistants, registered nurses, they all have a legislatively defined scope of practice that says you can perform these tasks, you cannot perform those other tasks. On the surface, this has a certain appeal to it, a certain rationale, because you want uh, people only to perform those tasks at which they're qualified and competent to perform. However, because these uh, decisions are being made by the state governments, they're all subject to political pressure from each of these special interest groups, from the physician lobby, from the nurse practitioner's lobby, and, the, and lobbies for uh, physician assistants and other types of clinicians. So what ends up happening is... Physicians try to limit the scopes of practice of non-physician clinicians, because if they are able to do that, then they're able to increase the market for their services. They're, they're able to reduce the supply of uh, substitutes for physician uh, services. Nurse practitioners can do the same thing when it comes to registered nurses or uh or uh, or other types of clinicians, if they can reduce their if they can uh, reduce their competition uh, by reducing substitutes for nurse practitioners, then they can expand their own market. The problem is that uh, and this goes on in every state, and and there's a lot of what uh, economists call rent seeking, uh, trying to increase your own incomes by limiting competition. Um, a lot of rent seeking that goes on in in all the state legislatures by all sorts of uh, clinicians lobbies. And what ends up happening is instead of a more flexible way of deciding who can perform what sorts of tasks, we have very rigid rules that are uh, that, uh, in large part serve the interests of physicians and, and other clinicians rather than the interests of consumers. And so how does this manifest itself? Well, in, in many states, we have these clinics called convenience clinics. You uh, may see them in Rite-Aids or Walmarts, they're called Ready Clinic or Minute Clinic. They're staffed primarily by nurse practitioners, and they perform basic services, preventive care, and and uh, they'll uh, check your blood pressure, they'll give you a, a, a check for strep throat, they um, uh, they can even prescribe uh, drugs. But what they can do in each state varies, and in some states uh, they're restricted very narrowly, and physicians are trying to uh, increase the amount of regulation on these uh convenience clinics because a lot of the people who visit convenience clinics might otherwise go to see the physician and they don't like that sort of competition physicians do raise safety concerns uh, when they're arguing for these uh, types of restrictions but there really hasn't been any evidence uh, that's uh, that's emerged that shows that a pe- that a patient is any worse off going to a nurse practitioner staff clinic than going to a doctor's office in fact all the evidence that uh, that's available so far shows that uh, nurse practitioners provide care within their uh, within their training that is as high quality as physicians provide, but at a lower cost. So the real danger is that if physicians are able to narrow the scope of practice of nurse practitioners or are able to require nurse practitioners to, uh, to uh, work only if there is a physician um, on the premises or work in collaboration with uh, a physician so that maybe uh, you can have no more than uh, you have to have one physician for every five nurse practitioners let's say uh, the risk there is that you are going to make it harder for uh, these sorts of clinics to open and emerge and keep their costs down which makes it harder for particularly low-income people to afford this sort of basic care so that's really the danger that uh, that these sorts of licensing laws uh Pose is that they can actually reduce the quality of care that consumers patients receive because they increase its cost. Some people argue on behalf of minute clinics or convenience clinics that they will lead to more transparent pricing of basic medical services. And they have. Uh, One of the uh, attractions of these clinics is that you go there and they will give you either uh, uh, a pamphlet or you can look up on a uh, on a board there. and They they will list what their prices are, Uh, much like, you know, in any other retail store, you can find out what um, what everything costs up front. When you go into a doctor's office, it doesn't work like that. When you go into a doctor's office, it's very difficult to find out what uh, what the whole trip is going to cost you. But it's much easier to do in, uh, in these retail clinics. And I think the reason is that the consumer is typically spending their own money. Some of these clinics, they take insurance. But a lot of the people who use these clinics are uninsured or are people with insurance who are below their deductibles. They're spending their own money. And because they control the money... The clinics have to provide them the information that they want if the clinics are going to get that money from the consumer. So they provide information about prices. Now, there is a concern, though, the manner in which insurers and these convenient clinics interact, that insurers will want to seek discounts, which may in the end actually cause these clinics to raise their prices. Well, there, that that could happen, and clinics could start to price things the way that doctors do and, and hospitals do, which is come up with a list price and then uh, negotiate uh, a discount for a bulk purchaser like an insurance company. The, the, uh, the, the concern there is that people who are paying cash would have to pay the list price and it would be so much more than insurers pay. But I'm not sure that that's really a concern because uh, competition can sort that out. Uh, there's no reason really to stop these clinics from giving discounts to uh, people who buy more. I mean, we wouldn't want to uh, eliminate those sorts of bulk discounts in other areas. Uh, I don't think we would want to le- want to eliminate them here. Michael Cannon is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute and co-author of the new edition of Healthy Competition, What's Holding Back Healthcare and How to Free It. It's available for purchase at our website, cato.org.